This message comes from Legal Talk sponsor, Choice New York Management. The devil's in the details, and at Choice New York Property Management, we take care of them for you. 15 years and 300 buildings and counting, we've become the most reputable company in the field, and our philosophy hasn't changed. Your home is our priority. Visit choicenewyork.com to learn more. Welcome to Legal Talk, a conversation about governance issues that New York's Cope and Condo boards are tackling today. I'm Carol Ott with Habitat, the New York City magazine for co-op and condo board directors. My guest today is Lenny Morrison Cummins, a partner at the law firm Cozen O'Connor. New York is full of mixed-use condominiums, where there are both residential and commercial units. Often, the commercial units are owned by the sponsor of the project. And from the get-go, the expenses have been allocated between these two groups by the sponsor. But over the years, the allocation can become out of line with reality. Lenny, can you talk about the methodologies sponsors typically use and the issues created by them? So this is a very common issue facing condominiums that are mixed use today. From the inception, or even before the inception of a mixed use condominium, sponsors have a decision to make about how they're going to allocate expenses between the residential and commercial portions of the building. Typically, in an all-residential building, the allocation of expenses is based on percentage of common interest. It's simple. You take the total amount of the common expenses and you divide it by each unit's percentage of common interest. However, New York real property law allows for a deviation in those mixed-use buildings. The real property law gives sponsors the ability to allocate expenses based on something other than percentage of common interest. Typically, reasonable use, control of use, and fairness. Of course, the statute doesn't say fairness, but that's typically what is supposed to be looked at when you're determining those common expenses. A good example would be a residential lobby, polishing the floors, something such as that, wouldn't necessarily be allocated to the commercial unit. And in most instances, there's a lot of value that the commercial units hold. And when a sponsor is looking to market their building, they want to keep the allocation of expenses for the commercial units down. So they'll keep an eye toward minimizing the common expenses. And they do so in the governing documents. It might be in the offering plan itself, but it must be included in the declaration and bylaws that are recorded. So over the years, as New York City imposes new requirements, it would seem that that allocation can get really out of kilter. And now the commercial units should perhaps be paying more expenses than when they first started. If that's the case, what does a board do about that? They're really restricted in most buildings. The bylaws govern the day. Typically, a board doesn't have the authority to change an allocation of expense methodology without commercial unit owner consent. That is a standard provision that I see in most bylaws of mixed-use buildings. Therefore, 
the commercial unit owner decides they don't want to pay more expenses, fair or not, they can refuse. And many of the bylaws include arbitration provisions so that if there is a dispute over this allocation, it will go to an arbitration. But ultimately, the question isn't in the bylaws fairness or reasonable use, but rather application of the expenses to the methodology that's included in the bylaws. So the answer is, in most cases, the commercial owner will be holding the upper hand if the board wants to change allocation methodology. There may have to be a a deal made to get that allocation through. And in your experience, can deals be made? Are the commercial unit owners open to deals? Well, it depends. If the commercial unit owner wants something else, maybe they want loosened restrictions on use. If there's a restaurant, they might want to be able to put a beverage cart by the front entrance of the building, which they're not otherwise able to do under the New York sidewalk regulations. So it really depends on the specific facts of a building. If there are things that the commercial unit owner wants, maybe it will be a trade, but oftentimes it'll be a fight. So let's talk about true up, which is something that accountants always talk about when they're doing their financials at the end of the year. So a true up represents the difference between what a board and all the board's advisors believe the expenses will be for a year where they put in the budget for the year ahead and where it actually comes out at the end of the year. So oftentimes when you're allocating expenses, you might budget based on certain rates of energy and energy charges can change in the middle of the year, for example. And so when you look back at the year, rather than prospectively when you're budgeting, there may be a difference, which if you ran the numbers, which accountants tend to do, you'll see that perhaps the commercial owner or the residential owners should have paid more or less if they were paying the actual expenses as compared to their common charges that were made based on the budget. And so the idea of the true up is, do you as a board need to actually find out what that delta is between budget and reality and apply it to the following year so that everyone pays the actual expenses rather than just the budgeted amount. And whether or not a board legally needs to do that, again, comes from the bylaws. If the bylaws say that a condominium board must allocate and charge common expenses in accordance with the following methodology, then yeah, there has to be a true up because common expenses are what they are. They're not the budgeted common expenses. They're the actual expenses. However, if the bylaws simply discuss the budget and creating common charges based on the budget and don't have an affirmative obligation of the board to charge all of the common expenses pursuant to a formula, then you do not need to true up. In practice, many buildings true up, even if it's not contained in the bylaws, because their accountants direct them to do so. If the accountant does direct them to do so, there could be legal consequences if it is in contradiction to what the bylaws say. Is that correct? That's right. But in practice, what I've seen is that years can go by without anyone realizing that it's either being trued up or not. This is not something that even sophisticated commercial unit owners 
will realize. So finally, for boards in mixed-use buildings, what is the takeaway for them trying to make sense of the allocations and trying to run their buildings so that everybody's paying their fair share? I think there's a few things. The first is, does the managing agent understand the prescribed allocation methodology? These methodologies can be complicated. Uh, They're formulaic, and they often require multiple lines in an Excel spreadsheet. The second is, how are they being applied? Is something rightfully categorized as repair and maintenance as opposed to a maintenance contract? There are often mistakes made, not surreptitiously, but because people are human. So I would say, look at the application very closely. And then if you do see something completely out of whack, approach the owners and see if the commercial unit owner may wish to bring things into a more reasonable fashion. And perhaps there's some reason they would want to agree. If not, (laughs) you're stuck with what the bylaws say. Okay. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thank you, Carol.